Next scripture reading is Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. It's found on page 1711 of your pew Bible. The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray, loving and gracious Lord our God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing to you, for truly you are our source of strength, you are our source of hope. You are our source of truth. Amen. I'm going to ask you to keep your Bibles open and let me continue to read beginning with verse uh, 13. And this is the Lord talking to Peter. He reported to us how he had seen an angel. I'm so sorry. This is Peter talking to the um, apostles and the Jews. And he's sharing with them what Cornelius had experienced. Cornelius, who was the Gentile, and Peter says, He reported to us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and summon Simon who is known as Peter, he will tell you how you and your entire household can be saved. Peter is now speaking. When I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as the Holy Spirit fell on us in the beginning. I remembered the Lord's words. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then who am I? Could I stand in God's way? Once the apostles and other believers heard this, they calmed down. Now, there is another translation that says they were silenced. They praised God and concluded, so then God has enabled Gentiles to change their hearts and lives so that they might have new life. Glory be to God. So let me ask you to do something. You have this wonderful bulletin in your hand. If you were to turn over, uh, take the first page, turn it over, you'll see that there's a blank page, right? So I want you to write down five people whom you love. Very quickly, don't say my husband, my children. Just think beyond the circle of immediate family. Very good, very good, very good. See, it's always good to bring a pencil or pen to church. Five people that you love. And if you choose not to write it down, at least think about who they might be.
Great. Now, turn over that second page, you'll see another blank sheet of paper, right? Now write down the names of five people who you do not like. I won't say that you hate them, but you don't like them. Five names. Okay, I'll make it easy for you. Three names. Very good. Now, on that third sheet of paper, turn over, turn over that third sheet of paper to the back. Turn to the back of the third sheet of paper. Now, I want you to write down the names of three people whom you've identified that there is no way that God would love them. Or it may be groups of people. Very quickly, write them down. What does it look like? Who are they? Very good. So what we're reading as we look at this uh, passage of Scripture in Acts uh, chapter 11, what we are witnessing is a crisis in a community of faith. Now, for those of you who think that crises or conflicts should not occur within the body of Christ, this particular text informs us that, yes, a crisis or a conflict, and I think I will use the word conflict, a conflict can occur within the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, I will share with you if, that if the body of Christ is made up of only one person, there will never be a conflict. But since the body of Christ is made up of more than one person, at some point there probably will, I'm pretty sure there will be a conflict. The question is, how do we handle conflict? Now that's not my focus for today, but let's just look at it. So there's a conflict within this community of faith. The first thing that we recognize is that people are willing to talk about the conflict. That's the first thing. No one keeps it within because we know that whenever you keep conflict within, then that conflict has a way of destroying your witness, of interfering with your love for others, right? So they are willing to discuss the conflict, two parties. Um, and then secondly, we know that they're willing to not only discuss the conflict, they're willing to listen to one another. I would also suggest to you, now you won't see this in this text, but I would suggest to you that not only are they listening to one another, they're also listening to the Holy Spirit. There are people who would love to quote Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Your pastor is one of them. <laughs> and, it, and it reads, where, the, where two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. That's what Jesus Christ says, Right? And we love that particular text, but we sometimes forget that we need to go back to Matthew chapter 18, beginning with the verse 15, because what it says is, if you, if you believe that your brother has offended you, then go to your brother. So Jesus is saying within this pericope that begins with verse 15 of Matthew chapter 18, that if you have issues with your brother or sister, if there's a conflict, 
then you need to talk it out. You need to work it out. And he says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, and where two or three are gathered, guess what? I'm there. So in the midst of conflict, I'm there. And I would suggest to you in Acts chapter 11, verses 1 and following, that Jesus is in the midst of that conflict that was taking place within that community of faith. Now, let's look at this particular conflict because, you see, I would suggest to you that there are intervals within the life of the church of Jesus Christ that we are called to make decisions that will bring about transformation in the life of the church of Jesus Christ. We are called to rethink what we have been taught about God and about other people. Let's bring it home. The Jews were very clear that the Gentiles were unclean. They were very clear that they should not engage with them, eat with them. They were very clear because, you see, uh, they, they were taught about who's clean, who's unclean, and the Gentiles were unclean. And yet, if we were to go back to Acts chapter 10, what we see is that Peter has a vision from God that requires Peter to rethink his understanding of who's clean and who's unclean. Peter, in Acts chapter 10, remembers the law regarding clean and unclean food that's found in Leviticus chapter 11. That's why when the sheet was put before Peter... And he saw all of these unclean animals, and he heard the voice of God saying, eat. And he said, there's no way. Oh, he didn't say that. Paraphrase. I'm not eating that. They're unclean. I know what the law taught me, God, and I'm not eating it. Can you imagine arguing with God about what you're not going to do after God tells you what to do? Yeah, you can, thanks. some of you are honest. The others of you chose not to raise your hands. That's okay. That's okay. But this, this was a critical moment. I would suggest to you, if you were to go back and read Acts chapter 10, and again in Acts chapter 11, he tells the story to the apostles and to the Jews. This was a, a faith crisis for Peter. I've been taught all of my life what's clean and unclean. And now, God, you are telling me that what I've been taught, I need to rethink. Well, I will share with you that um, those of us who are part of the body of Christ in America have had to go through similar faith crises. I'll just talk about the United Methodist Church. We never thought women were called to preach. Isn't that right? And could turn to the scriptures and turn to Paul's letter to the Corinthians in particular to say, see, it says, women, you are to be quiet. Remember that? And then the church received a word from God and recognized that anybody and everybody whom God called is to preach, and human beings are to not get in the way. That was a faith crisis for some, 
for some people. And I would just tell you today, there are still people who have an issue with that in the United Methodist Church. They'll tell you in a minute, send us a pastor, but not a woman. You chuckle. I would too, except I've heard those comments as a former superintendent. Peter was experiencing, Peter experienced a faith crisis. But, but, but what Peter did, and this is what I hope all of us will do whenever we find that what we've been taught to believe about people, even within the life of the church, when God gives us a new word, when God gives us a word, we will obey God. Let me just take you to another place. There are people who believe that God has created a hierarchy regarding human beings. That there are people who are superior and there are people who are inferior. And if you're ever trying to figure out why, how is it possible that people who call themselves Christians could be so could show such inhumane behavior towards other people. Immigrants who came from China, immigrants who came from Ireland, Africans who came from Africa, indigenous people who were already here. How is it possible? Because they thought God had created this hierarchy when it comes to people. And people of color were inferior. Non-people of color were superior. And then they would go to the, go to the Bible to justify it. I'm thankful for people who today are discovering the truth. And the truth is that God has created all people in the image of God. And therefore, we are to love all people as God loves all people unconditionally. There is no hierarchy within God's kingdom based on gender, based on race, based on socioeconomic status. We're all equal. What God called clean is clean. So we have this crisis in this community, and what we have discovered is that people talk to one another in the midst of the crisis or conflict. They are attentive to the Holy Spirit and then because of their attentiveness to the Holy Spirit, they understand, and this is, this, is, this is phenomenal, they understand that God is doing a new thing. What do you do when God informs you that God is doing a new thing? How do you respond? How do you respond? Look at your list. I want to go to that second page. You know, the people whom you don't like. Yeah. 
What do you think God is calling you to do when it comes to those people? We love to talk about us versus them, don't we? But you see, in in God's kingdom, there is no us versus them. There are those who know the awesome living God through his son, Jesus Christ. And then there are those who don't know God through Jesus Christ, whom God wants them to know him. What are you going to, what are you, what are you going to do with that list? Because you see, the reality is that, that those whom we've identified as people who we just don't like, And maybe we've said we hate them. Those are the people God loves. Those are the people God loves. And so Jesus said to his disciples, and this is so clear. See, this is why I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, because Jesus makes it very plain what Jesus expects of his followers. There's no wishy-washy with Jesus. There's no hide-and-seek with Jesus. There's no peekaboo with Jesus. Jesus is very clear. And Jesus says, if you belong to me, then you love one another. I so appreciated Minister Becky's message today. If you love me, you're going to love one another. He didn't say, if you love me, you'll put up with one another. (laughs) If you love me, you will love one another. And I would suggest to you in closing that 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 love that Jesus Christ has poured into my heart, that love that Jesus Christ has poured into your heart, it is that love that serves as the foundation for any and all conversations that we will have, especially the uncomfortable conversations, especially those conversations that involve conflict. See, when I, when I remember that I'm to love you, then even in the midst of a conflict, I will know how to talk to you. In the midst of a conflict, I will know what is acceptable and not acceptable regarding my behavior because I love you. It burdens my heart. It hurts my heart when I hear about congregations who get so caught up with what's going on in the world that when they come into the church, they act like people in the world. They do not know how to talk to one another. They do not know how to treat one another. Well, guess what? As followers of Jesus Christ, The love that I have for Jesus Christ, the love that you have for Jesus Christ will manifest itself in part by the way we treat one another and especially by by the way we engage with one another in conversations that are difficult, in conversations that go totally against what I've been taught to believe, especially within the life of the church. That love that I have for you says that my behavior and my actions, my words, will say one thing first. I love you. 
with the love of Jesus. And because I love you with the love of Jesus, you can trust me that even in the midst of challenging, difficult conversations, even in the midst of conflict, even when you disagree with what I believe and I may disagree with what you believe, and yet we're discovering together what God is calling us to do, in the midst of all of that, I'm going to speak to you and act towards you with the love of Jesus Christ. Because you see, beloved, when we do that, what we're saying to one another is, I need you. I need you. And I'm not going to allow anything or anyone, any words or any behavior to get in the way of your knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that I need you and I love you. I need you. That means I can't do without you. Yeah, Peter and this, this young church found themselves in the midst of a crisis, but, but this is the good news. In the midst of the conflict, in the midst of the conversation, as they were listening to one another, I would suggest to you they were also listening to the Holy Spirit. And because they were, because they did, the church of Jesus Christ is not a church of exclusion. The church of Jesus Christ is a church of inclusion. That means anyone and everyone is welcome. The world loves to play this us versus them game. They have their lists, their categories. Not in the church of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ, we know that anyone and everyone who comes to these doors are welcomed. Because of Jesus Christ, we know that we're not just to stay within these four walls and wait for people to come. But we know because of the commandment that Jesus Christ has given to us, we are to go out into the world, hang out with people who are non-Christians, go to those places where they are, grocery store, restaurants, service stations, and engage in conversation with them, develop a relationship with them, so that when the Holy Spirit says, now is the time, we know that we can then share Jesus Christ with them. I'm glad that I belong to a church that is a church of inclusion. Aren't you? Yes. I'm glad that I belong to a church that continues to be informed by Jesus Christ, the new groups we are called to invite and to his church. Aren't you? Yes. I'm glad that Jesus Christ uses you and me to invite people who are excluded by other groups. He invites them into his family. Aren't you? Yes. Then that means we're going to go out to where they are and let them know. Yes, that there's a loving God who sent a living Savior for them 
not only so that they can spend eternity with God, but so that they will know how to live their lives today. I'm glad. Loving God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We cannot thank you enough for being a God of inclusion. And so as we look at our lists that have been made today, use us to talk to those individuals who do not make up our circles of inclusion. We've listed them. Help us to go forth and to share with them the good news that through the love of Jesus Christ, they are included. And as a community of faith, remind us, remind us that we do love one another. Remind us that we do need one another. Remind us that that love and that need will help us to go forth into your world to make a difference. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.